Five FM. I hope you're well. I am Mary Mokalu, and you're listening to the Hearing by God's Word podcast, where we dream from the well of God's Word, find nourishment for our souls, and seek to live out His teachings in our daily lives. Welcome back to the final installment of our topic, the practical love for God and others, inspired by Luke chapter ten, verse twenty-seven. In this episode, we embark on the culmination of our exploration. Join us as we uncover profound insights and offer practical guidance to help you further embrace the divine commandment to love God and others. It's a journey of continual growth, and we're thrilled to have you with us as we explore the transformative power of the practical love for God and others. Luke chapter ten, verse twenty-seven. So he answered and said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So this is part two. We'll continue from where we stopped last week about the practical love for God and for others. In society today, people are having all sorts of reckless living, changing lifestyles where people think they are not who they were, and thinking God made a mistake making them in whatever manner they think they ought to be. People are getting more depressed, suicidal, hate is increasing, and it just seems chaotic. But in all this, we are to view the world from a child's mindset. A child will seek to know what is happening with the person. They will not judge or assume. As children of God, our job is to reach out in love to such as these, and even the rest who are lost and confused about their identity or direction. Our legal right as sons of God is to speak into existence that which is godly and uproot what is evil, instead of shunning or having a mindset of those people are sinful. They may not be aware there is a God, and even His ways may be foreign to them. Our job is to show the love for God and for our neighbors by teaching them of His ways. You find that in Psalm chapter fifty-one, verse thirteen. When we do this, we are sharing the Father's love towards the world. Jesus came for the sinner, the lost. The Pharisees were complaining because He welcomed sinners and was eating with them. Many times, we believers do like Pharisees and complain about a person's sinful ways. We are to follow Christ's example and reach out to them with love and without judgment. All right, let's look at some questions and scriptures that will show us how to practically do this. What are the ways we are to show love to the sinner? Luke chapter fifteen, verse three to seven. Then Jesus told them this parable: Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And then, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, "Rejoice with me! I have found my lost sheep." I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. All right, we'll continue with Luke chapter fifteen again, but this time from verse eight to ten. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, "Rejoice with me! I have found my lost coin." In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
We'll continue with the same Luke 15, this time verse 11 to 32. The parable of the lost son. So this parable teaches us about compassion. Let's look at verse 20 of the same Luke 15. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So this is talking about the parable of the man who had two sons. One of them, the younger one, asked for his inheritance, and his father gave him the inheritance, and the son went away. But when he went away, he went and squandered everything he was given. He lived, now what I was talking about, the reckless living, changing lifestyles. He went and lived that way, so he was lost. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just in an element of blind living. I'll call it that, blind living, because if your eyes are open spiritually, you'll be able to understand the things that you're getting yourself into. So this man was lost, but when he came back to a sound mind, he remembered, oh, where I come from is much better than this that I've exposed myself to. So he goes back home. So this is what we read in verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. As children of God, we should show love to the sinner by being compassionate. So the father did not shun him and say, oh, you went away, you decided to live on your own and live a reckless living, so I'm not going to accept you anymore, I have nothing to do with you. No, he was very compassionate, his love was still great, his love was still there even when the son went away with the inheritance. We're told that his father had compassion on him. He went and embraced him, he was happy, he was glad to see him. So God is expecting us not to complain like the other son who felt as if he was slighted because he was not celebrated. That's a religious spirit at work. He wanted to be recognized for his service. Scripture tells us to be cheerful givers. We are also told that God is the one who rewards. In Luke chapter 2 verse 6, For God will reward each of us according to what we have done. So if a sinner comes, we are not supposed to complain when they are embraced into the Christian fold or into the body of Christ. We're not supposed to now start feeling as if we've been slighted. No, we're supposed to have compassion. We're supposed to welcome them and teach them the ways of the kingdom. That is love at work. That is a practical way to show love. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So this is God speaking to the Israelites. And he is telling them the same thing he is telling us today as we read this scripture. That we shall not take vengeance. We shall bear no grudge against each other. Especially against the one who is coming in sin. But we shall love them. They are the neighbor. We shall love them as ourselves. We shall not shun people away. If they come welcome them if they come in your place of worship welcome them if they come in your workplace do not shun them do not judge them it is not for you to judge them you are not the judge you are never the judge but it is your job to show them love it is your job to speak to them the truth about jesus christ to tell them what jesus can do for them that he can forgive them that he can change their lives you don't just welcome them and then let them live in their sinful ways no you speak the truth to them. That is love. Because if you do not tell somebody the truth and they end up going to hell or they end up going into more chaos, you're actually showing them hate. You're like, that. you deserve that. But they do not deserve that. They are lost. They are blind into their own 
delusions. They have been blinded by what Satan has exposed them to. So we need to bring them to the light of Jesus Christ. And that's also by being very patient with him. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's not easy, but it's very possible with the Holy Spirit. It's not easy for man to do this, but it's very easy with the Holy Spirit. He makes it possible for us to do this. So we have to hold on to the Holy Spirit and let him guide us so that we can love our enemies, bless those who curse us, do good to those who hate us, and pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. The thing is, God wants us to be the bigger person. A mature believer of Jesus will understand that the sinner who has come to believe in Jesus is to be taught about the ways of God with patience, correction, and encouragement. That is showing love, and that is the same thing Jesus will do. While he walked on earth, he corrected those he interacted with. He encouraged and was very patient with them. So we shall follow the example of Christ. Let us not forget that we were once sinners held by that yoke of bondage until we received our freedom after believing in Jesus Christ. We shall never forget where we came from. We shall always remember so that we can be kind to the next person who is doing the same things we used to do in the past. These examples from the scriptures we just read do not only portray the Father's love for the lost, but it also teaches us that they are examples that are real in our lives. We may have prodigal friends or lost loved ones that need redemption and love. So we need to be patient, and when they come back, we need to receive them with love, with compassion. What does God say about love? John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's interesting that it repeats itself. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. And then it repeats again that you also love one another. By this, all will know. As in every other person out there will know, you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Because he is love, and he knows how to show love. And he is teaching us here that we should love one another, so that people out there will see that we are actually disciples of God. We are following his example of loving others when we love one another. So if you find a Christian who is not loving the other Christian, they are hypocrites. That's what I'll call them. They are hypocrites because they are saying we are children of God, but they have no love for the other person. That is not a child of God. That is not a disciple of God. They need to correct themselves. They need to change. They need to repent because a child of God is one who is going to love the other person. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. This 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about the body of Christ being members of one body. We are the body of Jesus Christ. And it says that if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. As in, if somebody is in need, we all go and support that person. We all empathize with that person. 
We all go and pray for that person. We go out of our way and support that person. It should not be that some people are thriving and somebody else is left there and we're just saying, oh, we are one body. Just give an example of the human body. If your hand is in pain, the whole of your body will feel it. You'll be uncomfortable. You'll just feel, oh, I cannot do this. I need to get this corrected. I need to make sure that this pain is elevated. So if you leave that one arm or that one part of your body that is in pain and you just leave it and say, oh, I'm not part of that body, that is actually not wise because it's one body. So you have to take care of that. You have to take care of that issue that is going on with that hand that is making it painful. So the same thing with the body of Christ. We are members of the body of Christ and we have to support each other. I'm given an example of Aaron, Moses and, and her when they were at war. Each time Moses got tired and he could not raise his hands, he will put them down and they will be defeated. They will be overcome by the enemies. So when Aaron and her saw this happening, they decided, okay, we better lift this man up. So we're going to hold his hands so that we can continue overcoming. We can continue being victorious. And that's what they did. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. If you see somebody is falling behind, bring them up, lift them up, go visit them, go talk to them, pray for them, show them love, be compassionate. Don't shun them and say, oh, that's their own life. It's not my life. It is your life because you're in the body of Christ. It is your life. What affects the other person affects you too because you are one body. So we need to remember to always support each other in the body of Christ. That is love for one another. And when we support each other, then it shows we are disciples of God. So that's what God says. That is love. When you support each other, when you are compassionate, when you're kind, when you take a fast for somebody so that you can see them in a better position than they currently are in. That is love at work. May God help us to love one another as he has loved us so that we can be a witness to others, so that we can be an example to the world that those in the kingdom of God, they love one another. They support each other. They never let the other one fall behind. You bring up the other person so that you can continue running the race together. As we conclude this exploration of the practical love for God and others, our key text being Luke chapter 10 verse 27, may the wisdom shared empower you to embody love in your daily interactions. Remember, it's in the small intentional acts that the profound impact of love unfolds. As you go forward, may your heart be attuned to the divine harmony of loving God and others. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And until next time, May your life be a testament to the transformative power of love. God bless you. Shalom.